Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. What I understand now is that we all have a testimony to give. He has always saved us, and we need to start delivering that testimony. What if joy was more than a feeling and more about a way of living life? Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of the rut and into a life worth living. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and we're going to be joined by author, journalist, podcaster, Yvette Walker, host of the podcast, Positively Joy. She's going to share with us her journey through journalism, uh, how she really decided to courageously merge her faith with the work she did and, and live her life with purpose. And in doing that, she found great amounts of joy and she helps other people, especially women, find the joy in their lives, coming from an inner source of strength and purpose and focus so that they live meaningful lives as well. So sit back and relax, brew yourself a cup of coffee, probably do that before you sit back and relax. And uh, let's listen in on this conversation. Here we go. All right, Yvette, thank you for calling in from my birth state, by the way, Oklahoma. How are you doing? I'm well, and I did not know this was your birth state. Cool. Uh, so Fort Sill, Oklahoma is my birthplace, and uh, and a lot of people know I joined the Army, and what they don't know is that the Army thought it'd be a really good joke to send me to basic training where I was born. <laughs> so uh, every time we were filling out paperwork and it had that line on their birthplace, I would be honest, and I'd put Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and yeah. it almost seemed like a drill sergeant walked by just as I did that, or a drill sergeant paid attention to my form, and they would yell at me, it says, birthplace, dummy, and I'm like, this is my birthplace. I mean, drill sergeant. Yeah, it's my birthplace, drill sergeant. And then, um, yeah, then they would think I was lying or telling a joke. And then I had to like, yeah, just always have my ID card at the ready to show birthplace. So I don't, I've never been through basic training, but it sounds like that is not a good thing to have to be explaining yourself to a drill sergeant <laughs> all the time. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're, they're looking for stuff because I mean, they got to get you in line. They got to get you in sure. shape. And, uh, I was more in the out of shape group of soldiers so they were always looking for a reason to help me do some extra push-ups or sit-ups or something so yeah they paid attention to everything i did and wow yeah and well this is actually not my birthplace i'm originally from chicago but oh, wow. I've moved, yeah but i moved around in my career a lot and which maybe we'll get to later or maybe not but i'm here now i've been here for well well i've been here for over 10 years now so I guess I can say I'm an Okie now. I don't know. I'm. We'll see. <laughs> there you go. Holding down the fort for me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, now, is it work that brought you to Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, so I was a journalist. And right now I'm an educator. And some journalists will stay in one job or one area for a long time. And others like me move around just for experience and to get different opportunities. So I have worked in, gosh, six or seven different cities. So, yeah, it's been good, though. It's been a good time. Cool. And what's been your favorite city to work in, by the way? Well, okay. So the favorite city, the favorite, the most favorite job in the most favorite city, it would be Austin. Mm. I was the inter- I was the entertainment editor for the Austin American Statesman, which okay. you may know about. Yeah. 
And that's a pretty fun job to have in Austin to be the entertainment editor. I got to go out a lot. There's always something to do in Austin. Yeah. And it's just always evolving and changing. And they say, keep Austin weird. So <laughs> That's true. You know what? And they say that about Norman, too, where I am now. Norman, really? Oklahoma. Keep Norman weird. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, uh, an army buddy of mine lives in Norman as well as a high school friend of mine. I'm not going to ask if you know them or not, because I'm sure Norman has more than a few people in it. <laughs> it does, but but now you have another reason to come visit, so yes. look me up. Yeah, I'll just have to go on tour and like meet everybody. It's, yeah. It's weird. Like Everybody's winding up in Norman, Oklahoma, of all places. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, college town. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. That makes sense. Okay, cool deal. Uh, now, you're the founder and the person operating uh, Joy Positively Joy, Dot com and Positively Joy Ministries. And I was taking a look at your website now. Uh, and, you know, quick shout out to the folks that introduced us, like Meg Gleesner and uh, Misty Phillip from Spark Media. Uh, but anyway, so Positively Joy. Like, I got my notes pretending to be a journalist here. <laughs> it's now, now, granted, this is the only note I have. And after that, this goes out the window and it's where yeah. the conversation goes from here. Uh, but one thing that stood out to me, a couple of things, the tagline on your website says, joy is not a feeling, it's faith. And then right after that, you ask the question to those reading your website, what's holding you back? And so I guess I just want to dive right into this conversation and ask you, what was it in your life that was holding you back that eventually led to this um, platform? Well, okay. So the story has some twists and turns. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to let, let, let's talk about the pandemic and when I started the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Because I'd always wanted to start a podcast and there was always just something that was just keeping me from it. It was too hard. I couldn't figure out what to do. I work in a journalism college. We've got a podcast studio there, but there was always something. So there I am. I'm at home and, and I actually have some audio editing software on the computer. I said, it can't be that hard, right? I can figure this out. And so I did. And I said, great, I'm going to, I'm going to start this, this podcast that I always wanted to do about what I call the intersection of beauty, politics, and hair, mm-hmm. because that's actually a real thing. And that's actually a really great podcast. But then the Lord said, yeah, no, you are going to do a podcast on joy. And I tell people that I know he gave me this title. I mean, I know he did, because for you grammar geeks out there, I know that positively joy is not grammatically correct. I know this. And I never would have chosen that. But the Lord chose it. And I said, yes, Lord, which is what you say when the Lord starts to do something. Uh, that, that step out in faith, right? Like, if I do Absolutely. this, people are going to think I'm a fool. But if I don't do it, I'm going to be disobedient. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But, but but what's been happening <laughs> is, so we've had it for a little bit over a year now. We It was in May of 2020. And it's really, I'm a journalist, so I had, it's an interview show, have people on. That's what I know how to do. I'm And I'm pretty good at it. I mean, I am. That's what I've been doing my whole life. Um, but but over that time and over this, this last really year, year and a half now, I feel like he's been really working on me and helping me understand this is why he wanted me to start this podcast, because he wants people to understand what real joy is. Yeah, It's, it's not happiness. It's not feeling good. It's not any of that. It's, it's, it's obeying him, you know, asking, asking his spirit to come into you. And being filled by that joy. That's really the only joy that we should that we should want. And so and so he's been working 
he's been working on me and been working on trying to figure out like why we did this. I say we, mm-hmm. why we did this, but also why that was important in my life. And so that's where we kind of get into the story. Yeah. Um, because I'm always like, you know, very, I'm a happy person. I'm, you know, I, I'm nice. I smile a lot. Right. And I've always been a Christian, always baptized as a Catholic, baptized as a baby, um, always went to to church, went to Catholic elementary school, Catholic high school. Um, I've always been a believer. But now I understand that except for when I was very young and I felt like I had a really close relationship with God. And and I actually thought it might be a nun. I mean, when I was a little girl, I felt like that was I was very close to him. But then I grew up, the world got in the way. And so even though I've been a believer all this time, I only recently have understood that I needed to have a, a deeper relationship with mm-hmm. God and look for the joy that only he can give. And so, I mean, you know, just like we all have, I've been through some stuff, but, you know, nothing... Nothing earth shattering. Um, I don't, my testimony has been so hard for me to deliver because there's not kind of a, a critical moment or like a big event um, that I can talk about. I mean, you know, he didn't save me from a debil- debilitating disease or, you know, I didn't go through some things like that. Those testimonies are super important. And in fact, I thought that they were the only kind of important testimony. But he, what he's been telling me and what I understand now is that we all have a testimony to give. He has always saved us and we need to start delivering that testimony. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you may not know this, but the essence of why this show began was, yeah, a lot of the stories we do share tend to be that person who overcame addiction or they overcame uh, paralysis in one case. Um, but the, the majority of the folks that Brandon would come across as a pastor, and he still comes across these folks is life has been good. It, they grew up, it was good. Uh, they've done everything they were supposed to do. It's good. Um, but they're kind of trapped. They've either got like the golden handcuffs on, like things are mm-hmm. so good. They're not doing those great things that they feel called or led to do. Um, they don't have the courage to step out in faith and, and go after and pursue those things. And, you know, there isn't like some pivotal moment, like, you lost your job or, um, Hey, you, you lost a family member in a car wreck or, and I'm not wishing any of that on anybody, by the way. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, things are good, but they're not great. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. So yeah. Th- it's important to hear those stories. It's like, yeah, that's where I am. That's, that's my thing. So, um, yeah. So you- exactly. Oh, that's why you, that's why you had me on the show, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, you know, you can even have imposter syndrome. Like, you're like, I'm not the one, Lord. Why? I mean, there's really nothing important about what's happening in my life. Or even though I knew better, I mean, I believed in you. I've loved you. I knew better. I still didn't step up to in the way that you wanted me to step up. And so, you know, and even so, there's a little bit of imposter syndrome, maybe some for some people, a little bit of shame because they knew better. It's It's different than someone who who didn't know any better and is born again, if you've been a believer, a true believer all your life and didn't step up in the way that I think he has for you, there, there can be a little bit of shame with that. But for me, part of it was a little bit of the golden handcuffs, and not really the golden handcuffs in terms of like quitting a, a big job that gave you money. Cause you know, I was a journalist, so you don't get paid that much. <laughs> but, but I think um, in my, for me, in my, um, desire to 
to use the gifts that he gave me. I always recognized that, you know, he, he gave me the gift of communication, the gift of writing. Um, the, I, now I would say the gift of speaking. I'm still developing that. But, you know, I know he's given me those gifts. So I, why not use them, right? He's, he's given them to me, so I should use them to the fullest, right? And so that's what I did in my 30-odd years of being a journalist. First a reporter, then moving into editing, managing the whole thing. And as a journalist, we are taught that you must be objective. You must not insert your own opinion. And in, in many, toward the end of the career, I, you know, I had some pretty important responsibilities. Uh, I was in charge of the front page of the newspapers that I worked for. So if it got out that I was a Christian and, you know, and I'm making decisions on what stories you're seeing or, or whatever, you know, would, would there be a conflict of interest? Should I not wear my Christianity on my sleeve? You know, really that type of thing. Yeah. And that was a real thing. I mean, that was a real thing um, because I always wanted to be seen as this professional objective journalist. Um, never, never talk about religion, never talk about politics as far as who you who you believe in, you know, or who you want to vote for. Never, never talk about any of that because that's what, you know, that's what we do. And I'm not saying that that's not important. It is important to deliver the news without bias. And I know that that's a whole nother conversation for some people. That is important. But at some point, if you feel called, you know, by the father, then you have to do something. And sometimes, you know, he will guide you on a path that will make it a little bit easier for you. So for me, so I've worked, so I'm from Chicago. I have worked in media newsrooms in Gary, Indiana, in Dallas, Texas, in Detroit, Michigan, in Austin, Texas, in Kansas City, Missouri. And then he brought me to Oklahoma. And he brought me to Oklahoma because I made a connection with a person at a, at a paper here, um, a news outlet, and we really got on great and it was going to be a good opportunity. But when I got here, something really weird happened. So maybe the first weekend I got here, I said, okay, let's see what church am I going to go to? And I was, I was renting a house and this church was down the street. So I went there. And as I'm sitting there, I'm looking in the bulletin and I see that the sermon is going to be delivered by someone named Robbie Trammell. And I say to myself, oh, that's interesting. That's the name of the news director at the paper. That must be a common name here. You know, just that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> when he walks up, I mean, you could have blown me over for a couple of reasons. Coincidence? Well, you know, I don't believe in coincidence since I think God controls everything. But I had just no, I just couldn't believe that a journalist, and he's like a hard-edged journalist, could be a deacon at a church delivering a sermon. I mean, I just, it was unheard of for me. And I'm like, okay, God, this is weird, but okay. And I think he brought me here to to begin to break down some of those barriers. Now, that was in 2006 when I first got here. Um, so it's, it's even taking me some more time to to say, okay, um, you know, what what do you want me to communicate? And um, that's that's what I've been doing for the last year and a half. It's crazy that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. 
Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Even if things are going good, there are those limiting beliefs that are, again, holding you back from what could be. And, and here, I mean, we're not talking about like, I mean, I guess from a spiritual standpoint, knowing what you and I both know and believe, you know, we are talking about a big thing. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about connection with God. Uh, but, you know, somebody on the outside might be like, well, you know, it's kind of a small thing, like really just standing up for your beliefs and, and being aligned with that. Uh, but either way, you know, here's this idea that you had this rule that you had to separate journalism and God and... You know, kind of like a church and state thing. Yeah, very much so. And I, I run into that all the time. Uh, and I was just like, no, because wherever I go, I am still a Christian. And so how I operate in this job, even if I never say God this, God that, or Jesus Christ uh, you know, loves you, that has to speak through how I do business with you, how I interact with my teammates, and uh, you know how, how I just bottom line show up to work. Um, that's at kind of like the low end of the spectrum in a sense. And then, um, somewhere in between like full on gospel, Bible thumping, I'm saving everybody on the, on the payroll here. Uh, somewhere between is that, that yeah. fine balance of how do we get the gospel out there? How do we showcase Jesus Christ in a, as good ambassadors of, of the word and, and, uh, yeah, it, it's just inspiring, though, to see somebody step up and be not only in charge at the paper, but in charge, or not in charge, but be one of the deacons at the church and openly stand up and say, hey, openly, everybody. Exactly. Yeah. And he and he wasn't the only one. And and as I said, I think I think Oklahoma allowed me, you know, they call it the Bible, the, um, oh, what do they call it? It's the Bible belt. So the buckle, the buckle yeah, of the, the buckle. Bible belt, you yeah. know, that's what they say. And so for me, I think it was helping me being here now was helping me to kind of loosen that belt that I had those shackles, you know, that I had already set up for myself uh, that, that he didn't give me that the enemy gave me, if if anything, uh, and understand that, no, no, it's uh, there's a message to deliver. And for me, he wants me to deliver joy. He wants me to make people understand or help people understand that there is a different kind of joy. If you are in a rut if you are feeling, and this happened to me, I just, you know, everything was, was pretty good. Um, there have been some times when things weren't great, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but there were times when things were fine, but I just didn't feel satisfied. Um, like, I could, I could eat my most favorite food in the world and eat it, you know, eat like five helpings of it, and I just wouldn't be satisfied. There was a, there was a, a contentment that I was lacking and I really couldn't put my finger on it for, for quite a while, actually. And so it's just been, he's been working on me. Uh, again, even though I know he's there, I believe, go to church all the time, but it's different. You can do all, so that's my testimony. You can do all that. You can be a believer and still not understand that why it's important to seek and pursue a deeper relationship with Christ. And, you know, I said this one time in a small group, I said, I'm looking for ecstasy. I'm looking for the ecstasy of Mary at his feet. Yeah. That is what I'm looking for. Every guy listening in just perked up when you use the word ecstasy, by the way. <laughs> What'd she say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that we have your attention, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. Uh, now, did you notice something, anything change within yourself when you, you saw, uh, that Deacon who was also the director, uh, or, you know, director at the paper? Yeah, he was, he was a news director. Um, sure. I mean, so it, I told him later, I said, I couldn't believe it when I saw you. And, you know, we had a conversation about that. He'd, uh, he's one of the journalists who have only worked here. You know, he made his entire life here in Oklahoma. And I was explaining, and he understood, you know, I was explaining that these different other places I lived, I felt uncomfortable with that. Um, so I told him I was, it was really great to see that. And, um, but it was funny because as he was delivering his sermon, I knew a journalist wrote this sermon. <laughs> it's just, I could tell it's just a journalist wrote this sermon. It was, with a hook. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really funny. But yeah, um, but again, but that was in 2006. It still took me some time Mm -hmm. to figure out really what my role was and what my place was in this. You know, there were other times when, um, again, just kind of moving through life and you think everything is fine. Um, And even when things are bad, sometimes you accept the things that are bad and you're just like, well, okay, this is just my life. And instead of calling on him, to either understand your situation or to to ask him for help, you just you just accept things. And and I've noticed that that's happened in my life. Um, I was married to a man who, after marriage, we found out that he had bipolar disorder, and it, it's a it's a very it's a difficult um, disorder to manage. And unfortunately, he was not managing it very well. And the marriage did fail. And I felt a lot of blame and shame in that not being able to make that work. But in the throes of that, and while we were still together, I just happened to come into um, communication with an old friend from elementary school, hadn't talked to her in a long time. So we were just chatting and she said, what's wrong? I mean, she heard something in my voice and she said, Yvette, you sound depressed. And I was like, what? really I had no idea well yeah I actually was in a situational depression just because of what was happening I was I was as I in a recent um um podcast I quoted the Pink Floyd song comfortably numb oh wow I was I was comfortably numb I was just um you know now that song of of course is about living life anesthetized and you know I but I was just living life in a situation where I just felt like this is just life this is your lot in life and there's really nothing else and you're just going to deal with it. And and I'm not saying that because I do believe in the bonds of marriage and I, and I do believe it, it was a failure not being able to make that work. But the failure wasn't, the failure was not reaching out to God and trying to really lean on him to help him help me understand uh, what can we do? How, you know, how can we manage the disorder better? So it so anyway the marriage failed and surprisingly enough he actually passed away a couple years after that. And then for a while I felt really weird because I wasn't a widow technically, but it just it just felt very strange. And there was a time when um for the guys in the audience, there was a time when I decided that I needed just to stop dating and just to date with to date God. I mean, I needed to just spend time with my creator and not worry about relationships for a while. And uh, did that for about a year and a half. There was a kind of a pivotal night where I was just up crying, just feeling alone and feeling like I was never going to be with anybody again. And I heard the Matthew West song and I always forget the title, but it's the, it's the, it's the song where he says that he, I meaning God, I love you more than the stars and the sun, all these things I created. I love you more. In fact, I think it's called more. And, um, 
I just broke down. I mean, that was just like, and I realized that it wasn't that I was afraid of being alone. It was afraid that, that I wasn't ever going to be loved again. And that was ridiculous because of course I was loved. I mean, my father loves me. So after that, I, I was able to go to sleep, woke up feeling great. I mean, it was just, it was just, you know, a real tra- transition there. And so I said, yeah, well, okay. I just need to spend some time with God for a while and did that for about a year and a half. And then I felt like he said, okay, it's time to date again. And third guy was my present husband, God fearing man. Um, and you know, this is, this is something that might be difficult for some people to understand, but we love each other, but we love God more. He loves God more than he loves me. I love God more than I love him for modern marriages. I think that that sounds strange, but that's our marriage. And that's, that's what I need. Yeah. And that is something my wife and I had learned also, like this priority of relationship mm-hmm. that God was number one. Yeah. My spouse is number two and my children number three. And I remember somebody had asked us to share what we were learning. And this was at, I think, a family life weekend to remember marriage retreat. And we had shared that. Um, I forgot who we shared it with, but I just remember they, they had a knee jerk reaction that we were somehow wrong, that the children had to come first then ourselves. And then God, you know, he doesn't need us. And so we broke it down for them. We're like, well, that relationship between myself and God, that's always going to be there whether my wife is around or not. Now, because Mm -hmm. I'm growing closer to God, I'm also drawing closer to my spouse. And then as I draw closer to my spouse, I'm also drawing closer to God. But God's always got to be first because that relationship is the one that keeps me in check to treat my wife as another child of God, as a daughter of, you know, in his kingdom. And so it's like that puts me in check in terms of how I speak to her, how I treat her, how I think of her. And it's just a great driver for that. And the reason why the marriage is more important than the kids is, um, you know, there's modeling healthy relationships for those kids. And if I put the kids first, I'm raising selfish kids. You know, if I put my wife first, I'm teaching my kids what a healthy relationship looks like. I mean, they're still going to be fed and clothed and taken care of. Um, but I will make choices for my wife over my kids. And, and that does tend to, to throw people for a loop outside of Christian, even within Christian circles who haven't learned that yet. Um, but you know what? It's, it's like the, it's like the airplane analogy. Mm-hmm. You've got to put the oxygen on first yeah. so that you can help everybody else. I mean, you've got to get yourself right because trust me, if you're not, if you're not right, then you cannot fully love and respect your spouse and fully give to your children what they need. Exactly. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. Plus, it's in the Bible. So, the Bible says do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will look that up later and put it in the show notes, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I remember, if I don't get too lazy. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, you started Positively Joy. It, you you went with what was on your heart to go with something grammatically incorrect, and you know it. <laughs> um, it's true. And uh, yeah, what kind of okay? So, and if you and if you want to know what it should be, it should be positively joyous. But mm-hmm. that's not fun, and oh. God knew that. Yeah, and it, you know, positively joy catches attention, and mm-hmm. positively joyous just sounds boring and school like. So there, take that, everybody. <laughs> that's uh, right. The, the grammar girl's going to come after us, isn't she? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, what kind of? Uh, now, I've I've listened to your show. I've actually had the honor of uh, co-hosting some clubhouse. Uh, sessions with you and and getting to see you unpack conversations with folks about joy and what brought people joy and really 
you know, talking about joy as a way of life, as, as part of our faith, as opposed to joy as a f- feeling of happiness. Um, but what kind of, what kind of impact have you seen in others since releasing that show and, and creating this ministry around the show? Well, you know, I think all podcasters wonder, is anybody out there? Is anybody listening? So it's, it's so nice when you do hear from people and when you, and when you, um, you know, you'll get an email or a review on, on Apple podcasts or something like that. Um, and so when you get something like that, obviously sometimes you don't know those people, you, they don't put their name, um, but you're just happy that something about something about something connected with them. And that's really all we can ask for. Um, I just, it, right now we're in season three and I have this opening where I say, you know, I'd like everybody to listen to the podcast through the lens of what, what God's joy really is. And I always kind of end by saying, you know, I hope that you get what the father has for you. That's all we can ask for, you know. Now, I know from people that I know, um, you know, there are people who have listened to the podcast. I mean, I don't know if I've changed anybody's lives or anything like that, but I, I know that, you know, that they have really, you know, got something out of a particular episode or things like that. And of course, there's some episodes, um, you know, that are more, um, not more interesting, but just might connect with more people. Like recently I did, recently I did one on a young woman who was really into new age and was saved, like really kind of overnight. I mean, she watched a worship call video and the Lord just spoke to her and changed her right then, you know? And I think, and that's been pretty popular. I think people were really listening to that. Um, But as you know, but as, but I love pop culture. So I've got a pop culture series of faith and pop culture, like how faith is being represented in pop culture. Um, Started off actually in the very beginning, talking about comic book hero, Daredevil, who actually who actually has a relationship with he's, he's, he believes in God. He's Catholic. Oh, uh, right. And it's, yeah, but he's daredevil and he's yeah. got a lot of issues. <laughs> so, so, um, and then after that, I just kind of connected with a, uh, another, uh, a Lutheran minister who loves pop culture as much as I do. And we have these occasional, like this occasional series on, on how faith is represented in pop culture that I love that. I mean, I could just do a podcast just on that. Cause I love that stuff. Yeah. Two of my favorite episodes of your show, by the way. The, okay, the Daredevil one and the pop culture one. Yeah. Well, we got it. We have another one coming up on evil. How how evil is represented in pop culture? Oh, so wow. that'll be coming up pretty soon. Yeah. So yeah, um, I I try to be because it's a little bit more uh, general interest show. I mean, it, obviously, it's about understanding God's joy, but he he can speak to us in so many different lenses, right? Um, but I think we need to understand ultimately. I mean, he wants us to be happy. He wants us to be healthy and happy, but just being healthy and happy is not enough. And so I may talk about, I may talk about some fun things sometimes, and I may talk about maybe not serious things occasionally. Um, Like, you know, for another, a very popular one is uh, Christian finances. Like as, as Christians, sometimes we feel weird about money. And I had a woman on named the financial diva who talks about money and how you should deal with money as Christians. And that's been very popular. So it just kind of depends, but I, but I, all I can do is I'm the vessel, you know, along with this dynamic microphone and um, I just, I put it out there uh, and hopefully not, hopefully I know that he speaks to who he needs to speak to that day. Yeah. Now I also noticed, um, you know, 
through podcasting, you've also built this network around you. Because uh, I've met some of those folks when we were at a Spark Conference in Dallas uh, early June. Uh, you've got like a lady named Liz. Um, oh, Cheryl. Uh, Cindy. Cindy, not Cheryl. Cheryl's the other person who is not part of this group. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, well, Cindy. I don't mean, don't hurt me, Cindy. <laughs> She's a journalist. Cindy is. Okay. I know she is. Yeah. She, and in fact, I just talked to her because I actually do have another. Um, I'm crazy, but I'm starting another podcast about journalists and ministry. It's going to be called Jam Journalists Advancing Ministry. Nice. I don't. That's probably not going to launch till 22, but it's such a part of me. And it probably will maybe only be every other week or once a month or something. Uh, but it's it's such a part of me. I feel like I, I need to do that. And yeah, and I just talked to Cindy for that show. But so as so again, we've had it for, you know, we had the podcast for about a year. And I was I got this new um, font for the logo. And, you know, it's this kind of font where uh it's like a little, like a, like a video of you spelling out the name of the show. I mean, it's, it's called Photo Logo. You've probably heard of it. So anyway, you can see the show. It said Possibly Joy Podcast. In my mind's eye, I suddenly saw it say Positively Joy Ministry. And I said, oh, okay, God, what's that? And um, so now, so we, we did, you know, I did broaden it. And I said, okay, so, all right, if I'm a ministry, ministry what am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do? And so I said, I need help. So I, I said, okay, let's let's create an advisory board. So I reached out to some amazing women, some podcasters, some not, doing some really, really great stuff um, to, to talk about, okay, what should we do? And how can we help people? And also, how can we help each other? So we, we meet monthly and we just pour into each other in a way that, um, you know, that that I need, certainly. And then in addition to that, some other opportunities came. And of course, Clubhouse came. And I said, okay, what's Clubhouse, Lord? Let's see that. And and so under the auspices of Christian Podcasters Connect, I have a room called the House of Joy uh, that meets Fridays at four o'clock. And uh, we talk about all different aspects of joy. Um, and then I said, okay, let's see what else we can do. So we created a Facebook community called the Positively Joy Facebook community. And we've got you know, almost 300 women on that um, Facebook group, just basically doing life together, living life together and um, praying for each other and praising God together and doing, I've got, so I've got Monday motivation and Tuesday Bible trivia, Thursday prayer and Friday praise report, Friday praise reports and just other stuff sprinkled in along the way just for fun, you know, and just stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I guess trying to kind of build this build this ministry of encouragement and helping people understand the true nature of God's joy. And so because I am a writer, I said, okay, I probably should be writing something, Lord. Um, so I, originally I created a, a, a very short kind of five steps to choose, like, how do I choose joy? Okay. So I feel like something, you know, like, again, my question, what's holding you back? Yeah. So let's, let me help you understand just how to set up and create those habits, those daily habits, and actually create an atmosphere where you indeed can choose joy and spend time with God. So I have a little a little free e-booklet that's at the website positivelyjoy.com. But but I've been writing essays along the way. And so I have put those essays into a 15-day devotional called 15 Days of Conversations with God, or 15 Days of Joyful Conversations with God. And um, and so that's going to be uh, available soon. And so I'm just kind of doing things a little bit, little bit by little bit as he instructs me to do. And um, hopefully, 
you know, he, he definitely is putting people in my path. Now you you weren't on the club you weren't on the clubhouse room when Dallas Jenkins just popped no, up. No, I, mean, I missed that. I one. know it was crazy, <laughs> right? I mean that is truly just a God thing because I had had an opportunity to interview him at the NRB uh, at the at the Spark Conference, which was also part of the National Religious Broadcasters Conference, and um, so we had had an interview, and I I had I had posted that already. And um, I was having the clubhouse because we were we were about to come to the season finale, right? Of of um, the wonderful, wonderful uh, series, The Chosen, which I love. And who pops up but a face that says Dallas Jenkins? Now we now we mm. know it could be somebody else. I don't know, but when I heard his voice, I knew. And he said, "You know what? Someone just told me to come in this room." It's, again, it was just very, very. Um, and I shouldn't say someone. It was actually the podcast host of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Okay. And uh, he he was in that room and he knew Dallas and told him to come in. And instead of just being a conversation about The Chosen, it was a Q&A with Dallas, which was really, really great. And um, so, you just, I mean, things like that happen. I got a chance to talk to the comedian Michael Jr. through NRB. Oh, yes. um, yeah. And I'll be releasing, I'll be actually, I'll be writing a newspaper story about that and releasing the podcast and uh, maybe in a couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he definitely puts people in my path that I would not have normally run into. Um, yeah, yeah. Just folks, folks associated with the Bible Project, just, you know, all different kind of people. And then the very last, I think the last, um, at least for me, maybe the last potential thing I'll try is writing music. I've been writing Christian lyrics. I'm not a musician. I'm just a lyricist. So I need to collaborate with musicians. But um, I've been kind of working with other other lyricists and some other musicians uh, to create song lyrics that maybe will speak to people. So he's just been opening up all these this creativity in me. Nice, nice. And that those are the things that are going to inspire people to also step out and, and encourage other people. And it's, I, yeah, I just love that thing. It, that's what I love about podcasting so much is that it does open doors. It's a very collaborative medium uh, compared yes. to other media that I've come across. Um, now, if folks want to reach out to you and learn more, I know there's the website positivelyjoy.com. What can they find when they go? Well, you mentioned there's an ebook that they need to go there and find that. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I believe your podcast is linked there. I think you have a blog. Um, now you have, I believe, a devotional coming out. And by the time this airs, maybe it's on its way out. Maybe it already has come out. Uh, tell us about that devotional, what people can expect and who should go get it. Yeah. So a a big part of my testimony is feeling like I couldn't hear from God. Like when I was a little girl, I felt like I heard him very clearly. And then, you know, you grew up and just the world got in the way. And I felt like I felt like he wasn't talking to me. But of course, that wasn't true at all. I just had forgot how to listen. And so that's a big part of my testimony. And so the devotional is uh, a series of, of essays that have to do with hearing God and understanding his nature and, and, and letting him drive the car. I, I, I literally have one on how he's rerouting my day when I'm in the car, kind of like a, kind of like a God GPS, God. Yes. GPS, you know, uh, I was like, this is a crazy day guy. What's happening. Um, and so along with every, um, you know, every essay, personal essay about something, you know, that I can attest to. Um, I have uh, a prayer for daily conversation and then an exercise to um, to help you open yourself to him and, and to help you um, getting get into the atmosphere of listening. 
And so that's really what it is. Nice. Nice. And we'll definitely have the link for that in the show notes of this episode. Um, before we go, do you have any and final- you can also go to the front page of PositivelyJoy.com. And oh, see it's going to be there. Perfect. Yeah. There we go. See and some also, steps. And also, you asked me what else was on the website really quickly. Yeah. Um, I've, been, I've been really busy, and I have been remiss in my Bible journaling, but I have some Bible journaling pages on there, which is an art form of creating art in the Bible. And I know some some purists are horrified by that, but there are actually Bibles that are created just for that. So you have your study Bible, your reading Bible, and then you have this other Bible that you basically you open yourself to the spirit. I am not an artist, but there's some great work in there that I wouldn't have done on my own. So uh, some there's some pages of that in there. As you said, the blog, uh, I've got some of the song lyrics on there. So there's just a bunch of kind of creative stuff on there, as well, of course, as the podcast page. Nice. So you need to definitely go over there, pick up some inspiration, some encouragement. And before we head out, uh, any final words of wisdom? Wow. Well, the only words of wisdom that I have directly come from him. Um, And I will say um, that this idea of understanding that joy is not a feeling, it's faith comes directly from John 15, verse 11. And and I'm not a a scripture quoter, as we talked about earlier, Um, but go check that out because Jesus very specifically says that this is the only way you're going to have true joy. So, if you are in a rut, or if you're just feeling that you're just, you're just not satisfied, because I truly had that feeling for a while. Um, and understanding that you're probably lacking the joy of the Lord, and go get you some. Nice. Yvette, it was a blast to have you on here. I can't believe the time has already flown by. Uh, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Now, I hope you found a lot of value in this episode, this conversation we just had with Yvette. And if that's the case, Share this with somebody you know. Just hit the share button on however you're listening to this episode and send it to a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. There you go. Uh, because the whole purpose of putting this out here isn't to make myself famous. Uh, far from it. It's actually to share, again, encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull people out of their ruts and into a life worth living. And I need your help to do that. So just hit that share button, send it out there. Uh, You can also get more information, like how do you get a hold of Yvette, how do you find her show, her books, and so on, by going to the show notes of this episode. So go to beyondtherut.com slash 307. There you'll find all that information. And that's a great link to share, by the way. So if you don't want to share the specific audio, maybe share the show notes. Uh, So again, that's beyondtherut.com slash 307. Now, I'm so glad you joined me this week, and I look forward to joining you again next week. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.